in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. A tornado rips through the small West Texas town of Matador, creating hurricane force winds and softball silenced hail, damaging winds, flattening buildings, and snapping power lines. Now, this killed four people, injuring nearly 10 more, resulting in destruction, devastation, and tragedy. And multiple agencies are helping in search and rescue efforts there. Governor Greg Abbott even issuing a disaster declaration that will help state authorities respond. That close-knit community of less than 600 people is about 70 miles northeast of Lubbock. And fire and rescue officials there say due to the size of the town, the impact is probably more destructive than we think. I've been around tornadoes my whole life, and this is it's, it's bad. It leveled it. I mean, I've been to the Lubbock tornado after that. Uh, Canton, I went down to Cook to Canton. This is tough right here. And we won't know the strength and rating of this tornado until the National Weather Service surveys the damage. This comes exactly a week after three people were killed and dozens more injured from an EF3 tornado in the panhandle town of Perryton. That's around 160 miles north of Matador. Meanwhile, in Colorado, a powerful hailstorm came down on people attending a Louis Tomlinson show at the Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater last night. Nearly 100 people are hurt, including at least seven who went to the hospital. First responders say 80 to 90 people were treated on scene for injuries, including cuts, bruises, and broken bones. Red Rocks Park first delayed the show and urged concertgoers to seek shelter. It was later put off for another day. Another storm moved through the Denver area this afternoon with even a larger baseball size hail and a tornado touched down on the south side of town. And then, David, of course, we had our mm. own round of storms last night. Thankfully, not expecting any of that locally here, but we've just been riding high off of the cooler temperatures that we enjoyed from the morning rain. Now, the radar this evening has cleared out. We're dry right now from west to east, even after some afternoon showers and storms east of Austin. But look at this. Even with the sun out, we have a cooling effect from that morning rain and uh, thunderstorm activity. Many of us, 9, 10 degrees cooler than yesterday, and that meant finally a day under 100. Matter of fact, today was perfectly typical and it feels so cool outside, doesn't it? 94, matching our average high for today's date. It is still in the lower 90s, mid 90s right now up in Georgetown with bright skies on the Ewald Kubota cam. Coming up in your forecast, our rain chances fortunately are not over. I'll show you when a few isolated storms remain possible, but then the worst of the heat wave yet still to come. All right, David, thank you to our other top story now, a tragic end to the search for five men inside a missing sub in the North Atlantic. The Coast Guard confirms it found a debris field in an area where the vessel made its descent toward the wreckage of the Titanic. And the Coast Guard reviewed those images and found that they are pieces of the Titan submersible, evidence of what they call a catastrophic implosion. NBC's Jay Gray has more on the rescue effort, a rescue effort that's now turned to recovery. Scanning the ocean floor, a remotely operated vehicle captures images of debris less than a half mile from the bow of the Titanic. We found uh, five different major pieces of, of debris that uh, told us that it was the uh, remains of the Titan. Analysts identifying the tail cone and sections of the pressure chamber, essentially the sitting area for those on board. 
the debris is consistent with a catastrophic uh, implosion of uh, the vessel. And so uh, we'll continue to uh, work and continue to uh, search uh, the area uh, down there. Trying to understand how, why, and when it happened. Oceangate, the company that operates the sub, acknowledging the tragic discovery in a written statement, calling the five men that were a part of the expedition, British businessman Shahazda Daywood and his son Suleiman, French diver Paul-Henri Narjolet, billionaire adventurer Hamish Harding, and the pilot, Oceangate founder and CEO Stockton Rush, quote, true explorers who shared a distinct spirit of adventure and deep passion for exploring. Going on to say, we grieve the loss of life and joy they brought to everyone they knew. The Coast Guard reaching out to their families. I can only imagine what this has been like for them. And I hope that this discovery provides some solace during this difficult time. It's early in what's now a recovery mission. The aircraft and ships that have been a part of the search expected to clear the area, while the underwater assets will continue to search for evidence along the ocean's floor. Jay Gray, NBC News, Boston. Well, this weekend marks one year since the Supreme Court's Dobbs versus Jackson women's health decision effectively overturning the right to an abortion in America. And in that time, a new NBC News poll found the number of voters who disapprove of that decision has only grown. Six in ten voters now disapprove of the ruling. That includes nearly 80% of female voters under 50 and two-thirds of suburban women. The decision leaves the legality and conditions of abortion up to individual states. In places like Texas, it is banned, except for in rare cases. You can see more on the perception of voters tonight on NBC Nightly News, as well as our Meet the Press show, now special, Abortion in America, one year later. And also tonight on Nightly News, the OBGYN shortage is getting worse. A year after the Dobbs decision, the impact is going well beyond abortion care. NBC's Kristen Dahlgren traveled to Georgia, where more than half the counties there have no OBGYN. One doctor says she can't see patients for months and calls Georgia one of the most dangerous places in the world to give birth. We have one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the developed world. So we're asking people to continue pregnancies um, in very um, in conditions that are not necessarily the safest. And coming up at 5:30, a pregnant woman who drives 40 miles to get care, as well as the need for more providers. Well, on September 5th, the Texas Senate will convene as a jury to decide the fate of Texas's impeached Attorney General Ken Paxton. And late last night, senators approved the rules that will govern the trial. And among them, implications for transparency and for the role of the defendant's wife, Angela Paxton. Orion Chandler helps us break down how all of this will work. State Senator Angela Paxton barred from voting, but allowed to listen in as the Senate decides her husband's fate. So that will be awkward on a number of levels. But just her presence in the trial could still influence the outcome because conviction requires two-thirds of the senators present. Whether she votes to acquit her husband or doesn't vote at all has the same effect. She won't be counted as a vote towards conviction. So I think some sort of compromise is reached that lets her sit there, not say a word, not vote, but in a way still basically not cast a vote to convict her husband. Everyone involved was also placed on a strict gag order. No members of the court shall discuss or comment on any matter relating to the merits of the proceedings 
before the court of impeachment. The only rule read aloud, reminding members that all are prohibited from speaking about the trial, including advocating in the press or to each other. The rules were taken kindly by the House and their prosecutors. House General Investigating Chairman Andrew Murr saying they respect the importance of a fair impeachment trial. And prosecutors Rusty Harden and Dick DeGarren saying the rules provide a fair trial for both sides. The trial's presiding officer promising just that. And the citizens of Texas can count on the Senate of Texas to have a fair and just trial. As Ryan Chandler reporting, Professor Blackman estimates the full trial will take about two weeks. Drivers complaining about part of the 183 service road. Is it buckling due to heat? What officials are saying about the cause and when repairs will be done. Prices at the pump are creeping up right before the next summer holiday. We have a look at what it costs for a tank of gas around Texas. And law enforcement putting years of video game play to use, deploying drones for work. Why Hayes County finds it more efficient and safer than boots on the ground in a chase still ahead. Crews worked on Ed Blutstein Boulevard, part of the 183 service road between Loyola Lane and 51st Street today, and drivers are concerned the road is buckling due to the heat. We did ask CTRMA, and there is no cause of the damage just yet. They say the plan is to repair the concrete on one side first by closing two lanes of the four and then switching to the other side. Those repairs will be complete in about two to three days. Once those are done, they'll assess the road to find out what caused it. Now, of course, we started looking into this because of a reported tip. So if you have something you'd like us to look into or if you have a story idea, all you have to do is scan this code on your screen and it will take you to the right spot to send your tip. Gas prices are rising in Texas just before the 4th of July. The statewide gas price average in Texas is 321 for a gallon of regular unleaded, according to the AAA Texas Weekend Gas Watch. Now that price is 7 cents more than on this day last week. The Austin average is slightly higher than the rest of the state at 3.23 a gallon. El Paso has the highest cost right now at 3.32 and Odessa has the lowest at 2.99. Unfortunately, even after one to three inches of beneficial rain in the past week in parts of Gillespie County, today's drought monitor update unchanged. Still level three and four drought in parts of the southern hill country and lake levels declining both about a half inch today. Your first warning forecast with a continued chance of rain, then some real heat coming up. Eyes in the sky helped the San Marcos Police Department track down suspected car thieves. This month, the department launched a drone after thieves jumped out of a stolen vehicle and ran off. And then track down the crooks in just one minute. KXA and Sierra Alshea shows us now how drones are helping nearby Hayes County Sheriff's deputies in this heat. The quicker we can get one up, the quicker we can resolve the issue. A bird's eye view. So you'll be able to spot a moving moving person or something or animal. Helping law enforcement agencies like the Hayes County Sheriff's Office. At nighttime, it's really helpful with the thermal, uh, especially if we're looking for a missing person or a deceased or a victim from a car accident, something like that, that maybe, maybe it was ejected. According to the Sheriff's Office, since 2021, they've flown their drones more than 2,000 times. It's missing persons, uh, children or elderly. Uh, especially with the heat right now, uh, Alzheimer's, we deal with some of that where they wander off. Tactical events, SWAT, stuff like that. Specifically in the summertime, Patrol Sergeant Kelly Woodard says deploying a drone in a search for a missing person is safer and more efficient. You don't have your searchers falling out from the heat as well. 
You, you know, we're under a tarp or whatever, under a tent, we're flying a drone. And you cover more ground a lot quicker. Most recently, the San Marcos Police Department used its drone in a stolen vehicle case to track and keep watch of suspects while directing officers on the ground. Telling KXAN, with the constant eyes-on ability of the drone, pilots are able to give real-time situational awareness to officers on foot, keeping them safer. From the field to a SWAT call, Woodard agreed. This technology helps with both officer and public safety. SWAT officers, the people in the house, if it's a barricade where somebody refuses to come out, uh, will put a drone in and make contact with them that way. Sarah Olshek, KXAN News. And when it comes to where the drone flies, the sheriff's office says they are allowed to fly over people and fly at night. However, if they're searching for something on private property, they still have to apply for a search warrant. And going in depth, the Austin Police Department uses drones to map deadly crash scenes. Officers say drone technology produces a quicker and more accurate result than mapping from the ground and cuts down traffic delays. Officers used to use point-and-shoot laser technology to map scenes from the ground, which they said was very time-consuming. We're learning today that DPS troopers will soon patrol the streets of Austin once again. They'll return July 2nd. State troopers patrolled Austin for about six weeks earlier this year because of APD's staffing levels. Now, troopers stopped to focus their attention on border cities. That was after the end of Title 42 restrictions. All right, we'll take a look at this video of last night's storms here in Austin. And our viewer Rohan sent this to us. That lightning really did light up the sky, but because of those storms, Deep Eddy Pool is closed today for a deep cleaning. Staff will clean the pool and repair the main well, but don't worry, the pool is going to be back open tomorrow, and the cleaning scheduled for next Tuesday is now canceled. Okay, and we love that the storms came and kind of cooled things down for uh, us, David. <laughs> so wonderful, and, and isn't it sick that we thought 94 degrees yes. was so cool? <laughs> This was just a typical June day finally, but hey, never complaining about the rain. Check out some of the highest totals that we saw, one to two plus inches in some of the lucky spots. Many of us saw less than this, but Elgin, Elroy, between an inch and an inch and a half. Castell out in the hill country, over two inches. The same down in Caldwell County. You can always find your interactive rainfall total map any time of day or night on KXN.com under the weather tab. It is a warm day out there. It's just a lot better than it has been. A mix of sunshine and mid and high level clouds, 92 right Right now on the Austonian weather cam. Plenty of humidity still making a feels like temperature or a heat index as we call it. A little hotter than the mercury shows. It feels like up to 109, 111 down in southern Fayette County. The heat index a little more reasonable in the upper 90s in Austin. A heat advisory, remember a step down from the more serious excessive heat warning we've been stuck in for days, continues today, it continues tomorrow until 9 p.m. Heat index, especially tomorrow, up to 112, maybe even hotter in some areas. With that said, the heat may be interrupted by a couple more storms if you're lucky. Here we are this evening, dry right now, but new high resolution data in agreement with our forecast. Some boundaries coming down from North Texas thunderstorms may spark a little isolated shower or storm locally a little bit later on tonight. With that said, most of us remain dry even as some more storms try to come our way tomorrow morning. But all these com complicated boundaries left over in the area mean that after hot sunshine again tomorrow afternoon, a couple isolated evening storms will be again possible, maybe most likely out in the hill country. On Saturday, that ridge of high pressure starts to build back hotter, drier and sunnier weather. But yes, another evening chance of a storm. It's a slim one, just 10% on Saturday evening and Saturday night.
This little brief reprieve from the heat, if you will, coming as the ridge of high pressure retreats just a bit. Still, though, our friends down in Mexico are baking in a record-setting June heat wave. And if we project this forward, remember I said the ridge is about to build back. Here it comes. By this weekend, it is right back on top of us, sending oh, weekend temperatures back into the triple digits. And next week, get this, not only through the seven-day, but beyond, all the way to the end of next week, this ridge of high pressure wiggles back and forth, but it is right on top of us and even stronger and more overhead than it has been. Yes, that means that the worst of the heat wave may still be to come. 98 tomorrow. Hopefully we avoid the triple digits for one more day, but then our luck runs out. Tuesday, Wednesday, 107 at a time of year when our average high is in the lower and middle 90s. Just awful heat and a lot of it still to come. Hoping for a change, though, around the 4th of July. We'll keep you advised. Out in the tropics, couple systems that we're watching. Remember, we told you Tropical Storm Brett developed a couple days ago. Now Tropical Depression number four spinning right behind it. Brett is prompting tropical storm warnings for places like St. Lucia with 65 mile an hour winds. Tropical Depression four, a weaker one behind it. Both of these systems moving west and northwestward, but both of them expected to get ripped apart by wind shear and dissipate long before any threat to the U.S. Tonight's forecast, couple isolated storms possible, low temperatures very warm at 78. Can't rule out a strong storm overnight into the morning, but the threat of severe weather, slim, just a one out of five. Tomorrow, a little hotter, plenty of humidity, and a 20% chance of late day storms. Soon though, these upper 90s skyrocket. By Sunday, we're at 104 as rain chances shut down. Record warm nights and record hot days next week, up to 107, maybe even hotter Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, from the border to the Capitol to maybe the White House, we'll tell you about the former Texas congressman officially throwing his hat in the ring for president and how he's already taking on Donald Trump. President Biden and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi held a news conference at the White House today, a very rare move for the Prime Minister. Both leaders vowed to strengthen ties between the two countries in areas such as economic advancement, growing tech, and even space travel. And afterward, each faced harsh questions. For Biden, he was asked if calling China's leader a dictator at a fundraiser hurt U.S.-China relations. And Modi was asked about allegations of religious discrimination in India. More than 70 lawmakers boycotted the prime minister's speech and wrote to the president urging him to raise human rights concerns during the visit. I'm running for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. Former Texas Congressman Will Hurd is running for president. He announced the run for office this morning. Hurd is casting himself as a moderate Republican who can appeal to voters across the political spectrum. He also made immigration a focal point of his campaign. Now, he's a retired CIA officer and served in Congress from 2014 until stepping down ahead of the 2020 election. Right now, there are more than a dozen candidates in the running on the Republican side, including former President Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and Ron DeSantis. All right, coming up tonight on KXAN, we have The Blacklist at 7 o'clock, Law & Order SVU at 8, Magnum PI at 9 o'clock before KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.